I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Curious Conversations with Tully and Sarah. We sit down and chat with business owners, entrepreneurs, and some of the best conversation starters. This is a podcast about real life lessons and people doing cool shit. Hi guys, happy Wednesday. How are you? I'm good, Tully Louise. How are you? I'm good. So today's episode, we had your mother. Yeah, like let's flip it back to last week. We realised at the end of the session that we needed a psychologist, a therapist to come in and help us. 100%. Not only were we vulnerable and spoke about our issues, we had quite a few people write in and say they love the episode, which for me, when I recorded that, I don't know, I just felt like we were just chit-chatting. I didn't mm. think it was going to be that. Like I said, two best friends just yeah. having a chat. I didn't think it was we were going to get that much of a reception. I don't know. Um, so a lot of women were writing in their problems and were like, okay, we need to talk about this and we also need to talk about why we attract certain males into our life. Yep. So we had a good chat with your mum. Yes, she goes into relationships, getting to know yourself, psychoanalyzed us. Yes, she did. Um, and a and few, why? A few... Um, Listeners' questions. Yes, exactly. And um, yeah, why Sarah keeps attracting people that ghost her. <laughs> nah, not really. We love ghosters. Yeah. And by the way, he's apparently a um, seasonal ghoster. Found that out in my DMs too. Uh oh. <laughs> bum, bum. <laughs> Shit goes down when you're on the podcast. Yeah, um, anyway, we hope you guys like the episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with all your friends. Ciao. <laughs> So today we have Barb, which is Sarah's mum, and we've had you on before and we've got you on again. So thank you for coming in. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. So we had um, an episode last week and we basically spoke about how we wanted a therapist to come in and talk about maybe pre, post, during relationship behaviours, I would say. I think why break down our own patterns and why we're attracted to certain people and how we react to certain scenarios and things like that and how we can break that. Yeah, and we had quite a few people message. Well, I know I did. I had a few people message me um, during the week who listened to the podcast and was like that was, for me, I was like, oh, it's just a little bit of banter. We're just chit-chatting. But a lot of people kind of um, resonated with the conversation. I think us talking about our life experience in the last couple of months related to a lot of people. So they had sent in a few questions about their behavior patterns in relationships so we kind of wanted to run down that way as well mum yes what what is the first step in therapy for anyone before they even go into a relationship people say the most important thing is to know yourself but how do you get to know yourself but we've spoken about that before with barb but on the last episode is it different in a relationship well not really but it's the basis of your whole life okay so unless you really know yourself well, and that will mean different things to different people, uh-huh. um, you have to delve into your subconscious. So that's where therapy comes in yeah. because you know what you know consciously. But if you sit with a therapist who's able to decipher what you're not saying, so often it's the nonverbal as mm-hmm. opposed to the verbal, they'll pick up on cues 
and feed you information so that you start to delve a little bit deeper. It's a very slow, very gentle process uh-huh. because it can't be done overnight because, I don't know, you guys are like 33. so 32. For, <laughs> okay, nearly 33 in, in a few weeks. Um, so if you've created these patterns, yeah. then you can't just turn patterns off and overnight. So, yeah, and so how important... <laughs> I think for me, like as I've gotten older, I've realized therapy and getting to know myself is important when you go into a relationship. But how important do you think therapy is and getting to know yourself when you go into a relationship? But don't go into a relationship until you do know yourself. That's that, my advice. But we do go into relationships. Okay, so my advice is yep. really go off and get to know yourself. But to get to know yourself, the first step is you must be totally honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. And not many people are. Why should you not go into a relationship without knowing yourself? Because unless you know yourself, how can you ever develop a relationship with anyone else? You're still evolving within Mm, yourself and that's a continual evolvement. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying once you know yourself, you know yourself. It continues. But once you've got the foundation of who you are, then you have a better understanding of going into a relationship and understanding other people. But if you're continually learning to understand Mm. yourself, how can you develop a relationship with anyone else? Can you give an example? So if someone didn't know themselves and they started dating this someone, it would be like they're bringing all their baggage and toxic behaviours. This other person probably has their mm. baggage and toxic behaviours and then different attachment styles and then you're like, why aren't they doing it that there's no right or wrong way? You're thinking your way is the right way, they think their way is the right way. Okay, so... A couple of things you mentioned there were toxicity yeah. and baggage. I don't believe they exist. So what's the difference between tox oh, I can never say the toxic say it again. Toxicity. Yeah, thank you. Baggage and childhood trauma. Um what are the differences? Childhood trauma, I mean See, we're getting into really a, heavy language. Yeah, no, no, I just traumas, yeah. Trauma's something that's really had a negative impact on you. Okay. Um, to me, childhood trauma is something like maybe sexual abuse. Okay. In which you've hidden and it yeah. becomes your normal. Okay. Extreme domestic violence in which you were part of that role. Mm-hmm. But normal, normal child we all have we all have things happening yeah. in our life. So what would you call that then? So like if you if your thing is like I don't think I'm good enough, you feel abandoned, so you wouldn't call that childhood trauma. That's just baggage or your, trauma. Would it be your experience of relationships growing Love up? It's actually that? your experiences as a child. Okay. Yeah. okay. And what you've learned to accept as being normal. Uh-huh. Um and you know, who's to say it's right or wrong? Yeah. I mean, I guess and because I'm a whole lot older. I listen to a lot of young people and they don't like to own their own stuff. Mm-hmm. They like to attribute blame. So what do they do? They go to the previous generation and say, oh, but I'm like you because. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've acknowledged it. Yeah. Clearly you don't believe the whatever was was right for you. But just acknowledging something is not worth anything okay. unless you do something about it mm-hmm. because I mean, everyone as a parent does their goddamn best and it's one of the hardest roles you'll have on this planet. And depending on what you witness in relationships, depending on who your primary caregiver is, might be your mum, might be your dad, um, could be be your grandmother, Mm. it could be anyone in your life, but that's who you're sort of going to gravitate towards and that's what you're probably going to want in your life. Okay. Is that the whole mirror, you're going to mirror a relationship or...? Um, more, not necessarily mirror because it's inherent. Mm-hmm. 
So you just display the same characteristics because that's what you've been exposed to. Okay, so just say Sarah and I met someone on the weekend, right? Started dating them, wanted to take the step further, get into a relationship, but I know for myself I don't know myself. Uh, Sarah, you said the other night you don't know yourself. What would your tips be for us? Because, like, women crave, and especially our age, crave relationships, all that kind of stuff. What would you say to us? Because I can tell you now I don't know myself. But I I would love to be in a relationship again. Yeah, I think where it's human nature to attach to people, whether it's, like, your mum, your family, your caregivers, people crave attachment. Mm. But there's some types of attachment that are, I would say, unhealthy because – I know previously for me I've attached to someone and I've in that process I've lost my identity because I also didn't know myself well enough. So I think we may have tapped into this last time but jump in if if I didn't and there's a thing called a genogram. So we all like something that's tangible, something we can look at. Uh So the first step is what I sort of do with people is you create a genogram. So you go back maybe three, four generations if you possibly can and it's all about interrelationships. So it's like a family tree of emotions, right, and eventually it feeds back down to you and you have a greater understanding of perhaps why you react to life. So reacting and responding mm-hmm. is very different. Reacting is what you do subconsciously. Response takes a conscious effort because you step aside, you think about it and you go in differently. Mm-hmm. So that's your first things. And you can look at it and you can go, oh, wow. So really, um, so say, for example, I'll use myself. Someone did a genogram on me at university and so they said, so we went down my mum's side. So I didn't have a dad until my stepdad came into my life when I was 11. Mm-hmm. And they said to me, well, just tell me what you know about your dad. And I said, well, I don't really know much, you know. And what I did know was that um, he was, he liked to do things his way. Mm-hmm. Um, he he wanted to really have experiences in life and go out and do things. I can't recall what else I said. Anyway, this went on for quite a while, probably an hour or so. And then looking at me, it actually we both went, oh, my God. So I'm much more like my dad as a person mm-hmm. than as my mum as a person or as my mum was. My mum's 93 and... I think Sarah may agree that over the time she's changed because she's had so many relationships, mm-hmm. you know. I Man, mean, don't make me look like a slut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but but it's all about relationships, uh, isn't it? But you learn from them. So what are your, you've, I don't think, you've had f- two failed marriages. What were your problems in that and did you have abandonment issues or what? I didn't have one failed marriage. Marriages ended. Uh, two marriages that ended. Mm-hmm. Um, and both were amazing marriages, mm-hmm. let me say. The first one, I met Sarah's dad when I was 16, mm-hmm. married at 21, um, from very different cultural groups, um, but we had an amazing time. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, as you know, as you grow or as you get older, you grow, you grow as a person, you know, your ideas, your values change. And so um, we're still friends. Mm-hmm. So that proves that we just living together wasn't what it's going to be for us. And then I married again. Um, And second marriages are also very tricky, especially when there's, you know, more than one little family involved. Mm -hmm. But that was also a great experience for me. Mm. And so that ended. But that's a classic one to talk about because when I went into my second marriage, he was a lawyer um, and 
I so became a lawyer's wife. But that's because you didn't know yourself. Exactly. So this is where I'm coming from. So how how do people start to get curious and explore what their relationships experiences have been like? They have to reflect firstly on their parents. Do you sit with both of you, either of your parents, and just think, oh, I don't really like that about you? About their relationship or their No, about your relationship with them. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, of course. Okay, what do you do about it? Niente, nothing. Well, nothing because it, oh, no, like I've confronted one of them before about it and that changed the relationship. So do you not like those particular traits because you think you display those traits? I didn't like those traits because I didn't feel loved. Yeah. So by not feeling loved, did you think that made it difficult for you to love? Maybe. Okay. So this is what we had a chat about yesterday. It's all very well and good to say I'm emotionally aware, I'm not emotionally aware, Mm. whatever, Um, and acknowledge things, but you have to do something to heal that. Therein lies getting to know yourself, Mm. Mm. right? So you can acknowledge and you can... You can sometimes acknowledging also has a little bit of anger in it, bit of resentment, bit mm. of bitterment, um, and so you go into that. You have to be so careful that you sit with it and seriously look at it because in your life that has been a gift, right? Mm. And you have to look at it as a gift, nothing toxic, nothing about it, and think, okay, so what can I learn from this? Mm. If I didn't like this scenario, what can I learn in our family, um, Sarah uses the word control. I don't really use that word. I think we come from a line of very strong females who have actually had to get to know themselves. Um, as I said, second marriage, I fell in a dip and I became a lawyer's wife. That ended it and it was like someone ripped a Band-Aid off me really quickly and I thought, my, my God, who the hell am I? Mm. Hence going off to uni getting to know myself, looking at myself and thinking we did a um, subject called developmental psychology and you had to choose a milestone. And I thought, oh, God, you know, I'm whatever age I was. You know, this could be it. I went into not having had a dad and how that affected every relationship. But that's not to say that was a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. So before you start dating... The foundation is you have to know yourself. You have, what would be the fundamentals? You know, have to know what your core, like core beliefs and core values are. Your triggers. I don't, well, I don't you know. Don't, what are, what do you have, have to know? There's no, there's no should or shouldn't yeah. or have to. You may be a person who's willing to go into a relationship, and you could have a very happy relationship if you were compliant with what the other person wanted, mm. right? That could still be a happy relationship. Mm. Depends on your personality. If you want to go in and walk down a path side by side a person, that's my idea of a good relationship. But if you're to be that person who's willing to have someone like walk in front off. of you mm. and that still makes your life happy, mm. that's fine. There's no, there's not a perfect relationship mm. and anyone that says they have a perfect relationship, well, you know, yeah. you beg to question. Yeah. I just like we have a lot of females that listen to the podcast. There is a lot of males but yeah. a lot of females and that was the feedback that we had from a lot of um, the people from last week's episode. And basically so we've spoken about getting to know yourself before you're in a relationship is important. 
I definitely don't know myself, but a lot of women wanted to know why some behaviors of men kind of come up. Like it's the ghosting, the fuck boys, all this kind of stuff. And I think one thing is sometimes guys come in really hot and Sarah spoke about this last week. Some guys come in really, really hot, want everything, whatever. Maybe they might sleep with you, maybe whatever. And then all of a sudden females happens all the time, get the feels, get attached. Mm -hmm. And then boys just kind of disappear. Yeah. Why does this happen? Is that because we don't know ourselves or they don't know themselves? How do, what's the behavior behind why males do that? Because this happens a lot. Okay. So as a therapist, I would probably delve into, um, you're saying from a male perspective, that's how they go in. Yeah. So choose a relationship just in your mind. And how did you go into it? Were they mirroring you? So, like, so we came in hot. I don't know. I, I I'll, I'll use me as an example. Okay. I went into it like open. He knew we were dating other people. He put like the feelers out there, didn't yeah, he? And yeah. I was like, okay, cool. I'll I'll bring down my wall. Once I brought down my wall, exactly. that's when he disappeared. And this happens a lot. And I this happens. This has happened to yeah. me before. It's happened to Sarah and then a few of the women that had wrote, written in. It's happened to them. But do you know what I was? And this is I was actually proud of myself because I had, had observed behaviour, and I've I do this thing now where I picture both of you being watching the scenario and being like, Sarah, you are you do not accept this behaviour. And so I don't. Mm. I'm like, why am I putting up this with this behaviour if my friend and my mum wouldn't put up with it, like if they were observing this scenario roll out in front of them too? Yeah. Can I just like jump in for a second in regards to behaviour? So Sarah's meaning that when he kind of backed off, she was like, oh, shit. Like it's yeah. kind of like what you, you want what you can't have, right? And then you were like... He- I was putting in all the effort and maybe double messaging at some stage and I'm like, I know that's not me. But I did it and I'm, I had you two in the back of my head being like, no, you deserve better than this. Do not do not put up with his behaviour. A lot of women don't do that. You keep I going know. at it, at it, at it. So why do you think that happens and how do we We keep going back to attached. toxic. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I won't, I suppose you can't help it but play therapist at times. Well, that's why you're on um, <laughs> However, you just said we went in. Different. No, sort of the same. You both knew that, you know, it was lighthearted and not serious. So you both went in very similar. Then you chose to change the rules. No, but he did. He put the heart. He. No, so I just, so she, they did come in at the same. Yeah. Tempo, I suppose and then you would he say. overtook. And then he was a little bit ahead in yep. the game. And then I caught up. And then she caught up. Yep, good and scenario. Then he reversed. And then he reversed back. <laughs> yeah. And then Sarah's like, oh, fuck. I think I want him to come forward, forward again. Yeah. So why did you want someone to come forward when they were backing off? Well, I think it's because you were kind of in control. Oh, no, maybe. I don't I, know. Sorry, Bob, you need to answer this. I'm not a therapist. Me, <gasps> maybe. Um. Like I said to tell the other night, I liked the attention. Attention? Yeah. Or control? Yeah, probably both. What's the difference? Attention is just liking someone to pay you attention, mm. knowing you're there, appreciating you for you. Mm. Control is, ha <laughs> I'll leave you, you won't leave me. Yeah, probably. I you go. Like, yeah, maybe. So okay. there's one thing in getting to know yourself. You may speak about other members of the family mm. and say, I, we, really... Mm 
annoy you because we control. And we've spoken about this. It's transference, whatever you really don't like in another person, right? So we all have relationships, be it with our friends, our workmates, our whoever. Mm. We are all in a relationship. Yeah. When you see something in another person that really irks you. Like you get the ick. Yeah, Yeah. the icks in you. Yeah. Oh, really? That you have not acknowledged yet. So give me an example of an ick. Like for me an ick is like old mate sitting across the table chewing with his mouth open. That is to me is an ick. But that's not a that's not Okay, maybe maybe because I don't know. I'm not, privy, I'm not privy to your childhood or what's going on. Yeah. I just don't like hypothetical, right? Yeah. Maybe you were that little girl that sat at the table and was forever told, Tully, close your mouth when you eat. <laughs> I don't think I was. Maybe, I don't know. But I just like, for me, that's an ick, but I think you're talking more about what what's another example of it. So these are all ick. these are all conscious things. The real icks in life are the subconscious that we an don't example? know why and they're sort of is, needling us. Is that what a therapist pulls out from you? A therapist will listen to your story, and that was just me randomly yeah, yeah, throwing yeah. something at Tully, Probably, know, thinking, oh, maybe she's, you know, been sitting at the dinner table and for years one of her parents, both of her mm. parents. It's something I used to do. I, I, I don't want to see it. what's in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. You know, chew with your mouth closed. Don't mm. speak with a mouthful of food. I mean, it goes on and on. Yeah. That's what our generation sort of did as yeah, parents. Yeah, yeah. Parenting has changed somewhat. Um, icks are like, like Sarah giving part of herself away mm-hmm. and thinking, but I know this is wrong, mm. but I don't know why this is What do you wrong. mean? So in saying like I maybe I did get a little bit angry at myself for letting him, I let my walls down and then I'd be like, why the fuck did I let, let my walls down? Yeah. But in saying this, and it has been a common theme, theme through my dating life, he's not the first person to say this about me, I didn't know you liked me. What does that mean to you? Of like probably maybe your friend zone them. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm a cold hearted bitch. Maybe you don't your friend zones. Maybe how do you friend zone someone that you're hooking up with? Yeah. Okay, so let's not go into depth here. Yeah. However, <laughs> when you go into a friend zone relationship, it's a bit like someone else, one of your friends you spoke about, who goes into relationships, but they're not the relationships that friend actually wants. And you said to me, "Why do you think?" And I said, well, I reckon there's a bit of a fear of commitment there. So Do you if we go Sarah in a fear of commitment. If you go in on a friend zone, because Sarah's witnessed it. Yeah. yeah true. True. I, I am scared of getting hurt. I don't want to get hurt. I know, but like it's just it's going it's to happen. It's trusting. Yeah. It's more than hurt. Mm. It's trusting. You know, who that's, do I trust? Do you know what? It's probably that's probably right. I go in so tentative because I'm like, can I trust you? I, is this going to go anywhere? Are you going to hurt me? And that's probably why I was a little bit frustrated because I did put a bit of trust in him. Mm. Yeah, but it, there has to come a point in time, and I can't emphasise it enough. So what do we do as therapists? I don't know. It's really interesting to maybe run a group therapy session with, say, maybe like four or five girls your mm. age who you trust. Mm. You must totally trust because you must totally be honest in it mm. and you will find that someone will say something you'll have like, an epiphany and go, oh, yeah, mm. oh, yeah, maybe. Or all of a sudden they're willing to become vulnerable and expose yeah. themselves. So that that gives you subconscious permission to become vulnerable and expose yourself. 
because it's only through being vulnerable that you grow. Mm. And the vulnerability often exists in your subconscious mm-hmm. because you can't change what you can't change. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know something like yourself, mm. how can you change any relationship you're going to have in the future? Mm. So I want to go back to, and we use this word a lot, and it comes up in conversations of people who are single and stuff, and especially in our group, a few of my friends. So why... Why do we always, and you probably answered this somehow, but it just hasn't stuck in my brain. Why do we always attract the same traits, like toxic, controlling? I know you've kind of answered it, but like how do we not, if that's what we're attracted to, yeah. how we how do we get attracted to someone else? How do we protect our it's like boundaries? Magnet. Like for us, Sarah and I are always helpers. We're always, so we're always attracted to these people that need help. How the hell? Do we get attracted to other people that don't need help or that are not toxic or whatever? It's going to go back, Tully, to getting to know yourself. I knew you were going to say that. Mm. And why the hell you're not, you don't attract these people into your life. You but I do. You, no, you don't. You, attract- you walk into their lives. They oh. don't come into your life. You walk into their There's a whole lot of people out there. Yeah, I know, but I always walk in like... Yeah, you are. You're making these choices. So it's not why do I attract, it's why do I choose these people in my life. Very different. Can they have like a sign on their head so I know not to go in that direction? There's a big life lesson in it for you. But what is it? I don't know because until you sit with yourself and think, I know, what are similar traits in some guys you've gone out with? Um, Like need, like depression, like... 100%, 100%, mm. depression, controlling, have problems with alcohol. Um, what else? Controlling. Well, not, I wouldn't say narcissist, but they're like the main things. Always non, depression. Non-committal? Yeah, not yet. Yeah, exactly, 100%. Yep. And always attracted to them. I'm like, oh, my God, I can help you. Like, And then I'm too nice and then they freak out. You get attached to them. I do get attached, but I'm also – but then I'm like – and we've had someone on before that speaks. Mm. He's like, you're too nice, whatever. But I'm like, but that's who I am. Like, if you're feeling sick, oh, my God, I'll go to the chemist and get cold and flu tablets for you. Like, that's Mm. just the kind of person I am. But guys freak out. It's really weird. Why? Okay, so. Maybe like a mum. I don't know. So another conversation we've, Sarah and I have had on many occasions is we're all sitting here today. We're all having this conversation. We're Mm. recording a podcast. We'll all leave this podcast. Mm -hmm. You'll have a story about it, Sarah will have a story about it, and I'll have a story about it. Mm -hmm. That's your story about your relationship with a guy. If you went into couples therapy Mm -hmm. and you sat there and he sat there and the therapist was there, he may have a totally different story Mm -hmm. about how you appear in relationships. Mm -hmm. How do you, well, she can't change that dialogue because that's her point of view. What do you mean change the dialogue? Like in her head saying she's too nice. Maybe no, no, I'm saying this, yeah. is, this is when if you go in, you know, if you, if you were in a relationship and you both wanted to work on the relationship because, mm. say, you know, there are two people, there's always like this third element in a relationship and that's the relationship itself and both parties have to deem that that's worthy to work on because mm. relationships are difficult. Mm. Relationships don't just happen. Mm. They're like you have to work at these things. So if you were in a relationship... You both realise, oh, I think we've got a few issues here. Let's go off and talk to a therapist. Then you tell your story, the therapist, the other partner says their story to the therapist and you will go, oh, my God, is that what you really thought? Mm. But I didn't act like that. 
Yeah, but true. their story is, oh, but you did. What about when you said this? What mm. about when you said that? What about you said, oh, let's just be friends? And then you decide, oh, no, I won't be friends. Mm. Oh, but you came on, you know, you came on stronger and you were more attentive. Yeah, but I was still only your friend. Mm. Oh, but I thought you wanted more. Presume, assume, you can't. Mm-hmm. It's very com- Relationships are very complicated. <laughs> They're a constant thing. And I know I'm going to sound like a broken record. Get to but know if, yourself. But so is so, so, so important, yeah. especially like I don't know, I wished I had done it. I, well, my secret should be like a, a subject taught at school um, or first year uni or wherever because you as a person are going to influence little people you give birth to mm. or little people you're around. Mm-hmm. You're just going to constantly do that. So would you say maybe Tal's lesson and a few of the people who have written into us, they keep going into these relationships because they have these underlying uh, attachments, I'm going to use the word because we keep using it, toxicity, that they haven't worked on and until they work on it, that's when they'll find a success. And you know what's there? The reason they probably haven't worked on them is because they don't know they exist. Mm. Mm. But that's true. They they and then that's when they project the blame of why do I keep going exactly. to these guys or why do they keep treating me like this? But it's not them. Yeah. It's why do I you know, like Tully used the expression, which most people do, why do I keep attracting these people? Change your language. Mm. Own your own stuff. Mm. So how would you change my language? Why do I choose to walk into the lives of these people? Okay. Because right. they can't make you have a relationship. Mm-hmm. What if a boy genu- genuinely treats you like shit and you keep going back? Is What What do you do about that? Why would you? But a lot of people do. do. And, like, for example, like I – there's a few things that happened in past relationships that I've been in and I, cause I was in the relationship. I, and I'm not this kind of person, but I chose to put up with it. Cause I'm like, Oh, we're a partnership. We're a team. I knew it wasn't the right way to be treated, but I was just like, Oh, we're in a relationship. It's always working. Exactly. What you're saying before no relationships. Perfect. But I chose to put up with that. And do you think but one was, of the reasons was that at the sacrifice of your own happiness? If you could, if you're an outsider, looking at how he treated you and loved you, would you continue to put up, like, would you be like, I deserve a better love than that? Yes, and I thought that in my head, but I still put up with it because I was like, oh, we're a team, we're a relationship. Mm. You've always got to work on this. So could a contributing factor, not the whole reason for Uh it being that you just so wanted, wanted to be loved by someone? Maybe, but it was also towards the end where I knew it wasn't really... But you still had a version of love. True, true. So in my language, I talk about people sitting in their uncomfortable comfort zones. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, A, perhaps they've experienced it, witnessed Mm -hmm. it in life and thought, oh, well, you know, but so-and-so and and -and so-and-so are still together, so what the hell? Just put up with it. I'll just put up with it. I found someone that loves me. But what's love? Mm. It's like I think the most important so when when walking into someone's life, um, this is not me as a therapist because therapists don't give advice, but um, look for someone, go into it honestly, go into it as you as a person, find someone who wants to 
love you for you and inspire and help you empower yourself to grow as that person. Never try and change a person. Mm. I learned that mistake. A leopard does Mm. not change its spots. Okay, so now you've said that, let's go to the next question that someone asked. How do you change a fuckboy? Can you you just to translate that? (laughs) Are you an F girl? No. No, I mean... Oh, I didn't know this no. was about you. Oh, I thought no. this was about no, oh, it's no, not. No. Oh no, it's not about me. It's about <laughs> someone someone wrote in and said, How do you change a fuck boy? So this is just someone who just wants to continuously hooking up with girls, having sex with girls all the time. Probably just but phones. you can't change that person. Probably just phones you at nine o'clock and it's like, hey, you're away. And okay. would probably do it to numerous girls. Yeah. Okay, but you're- why 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 do you have the right to change that person? Why do you want to put up with that behaviour? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It wasn't my question. No, but that, that, that's that's where the self-awareness comes in. And that's where getting to know yourself yeah. comes in, right? Because I wouldn't put up with exactly. that shit. No, but what I'm saying is listen to whoever sent that question in. Uh-huh. They're wanting to change someone because they don't like the way that person is. That person can be that person. Okay. That's who they've chosen to be in life. Yeah, okay. They can do what they like. It's It's their life. It's not... The other person's life. Mm-hmm. That person has to think. Well, why do I, you know, why do I want to associate True. with this person? Because we can't change people. We have no God-given right to change people. Mm-hmm. And another thing with that is, like, imagine if they did settle down and get in a relationship. Say they got married. Would you? Could you ever trust a fuckboy? Me personally, never. Yeah. I could I and when I saw that question come in, I like my heart kind of broke for the girl because so I was like, you need to hmm. step away from that person. But can I? We have a very good friend who I would describe very, very similar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he actually he was he, he reached out to mum and and said, oh that one. I thought it was someone else. No, and I thought it was a weekend scenario. And this person said, I crave simplicity but I'm attracted to toxic relationships. I, he just wants to settle down, but he's an F-boy. And he goes, why am I like that to my mum? And what was your answer? I said because in a toxic relationship for this particular person, uh-huh. perhaps he's scared of commitment. So he knows but in a toxic relationship. Before to a few girls. Yeah, but what's commitment to him? He's not really. I would say he would be a really good boy. He's de- no, no, I'm saying what he wants now, what's commitment, he's oh, older now. now. So commitment to him, obviously maybe he's maybe surrounded by, I don't know, nieces, nephews, yeah. and he thinks, well, you know, I've done all that, this is what I want. But old habits cannot be switched off overnight. And so he probably also thinks this is a, with a lot of people, so it's not gender specific. Mm. So many people, their main goal in life is money right? Mm -hmm. So they may say to you, oh, I'm really secure in life. And as a therapist, you'll have a bit of a chat and you'll sort of guide them into whether they mean financial or emotional stability, Mm -hmm. right? This person may have financial stability, clearly may think they have emotional stability, but don't because an emotionally stable person wouldn't be asking the question. True. Okay. Yeah, that is true. But your answer also about why he um, probably sleeps around was the non-committal is because he he knows he doesn't have to commit. He doesn't. Yeah. And it's a control thing. Mm. And like I've also said to you, 
We never, ever know. We're not privy to what goes on behind anyone else's front oh, no doors. Way. You can think, oh, whoever. Oh, they're so lucky. They've probably had the best upbringing. You know, um, I know when my marriage ended to Sarah's dad, one of my cousins said to me, oh, wow, Barb, good on you. She said, so many of my friends know their parents stayed together just for the kids mm. and, she's, and they've got really a really warped sense of what relationships are. Yeah. Mm. So it's, it's, it's tricky, it's complicated, but I don't know, running group therapy and doing genograms, it's it's not hard, it's not heavy work. Yeah. It's, it's like you continually have light bulb moments and you go, oh my God, I didn't realize that. Yeah. And oh wow, I didn't realize that. And also she really annoys me um because of XYZ. And then so, you know, as I said before, a good therapist doesn't give advice. They know how to sort of plant the seeds and then you water them. And you might think, you know, you might walk away and go, What the hell? Mm. What was that about? Like I didn't understand. Two weeks, two months later, the penny might drop and you might think, oh, my gosh, I am doing that. This person displays control this way. This person displays control. I'm such a control freak that I say, okay, let's agree to go in as friends. Mm. But then I don't want that anymore. So I go, oh, no, but I don't want that. Mm. Assuming that you can control that scenario. You can't. So you must these people listening are probably going to get sick of me saying get to know yourself. <laughs> but you must go into a relationship being you. But people are unconscious of that controlling behaviour. They don't know that they're going in and as friends and when you flip that switch that's being controlling. People are unaware of that. Exactly. And most people assume you have to go to therapy with an issue. Yeah. Sometimes, seriously, the best issue... I've and noticed I, I, baby daddy, mine was probably controlling, 100% controlling actually. And, you know, I've got a lady who I probably speak to depending once a fortnight, once a month, whenever, and it will just start off as a chat. Mm-hmm. She said, well, I don't really know, you know. And anyway, then something will be said because something always happens oh, in your life and then you'll get that text that says, oh, wow, Thanks so much for that. Sometimes you go in with the intent of discussing what you know. Yeah. Right? And it's so fixated that you're not willing to open that door to your subconscious because you're still in control. I'm going to go off and see a therapist and I'm going to talk about, say, for example, someone says, um, I'm depressed, I'm anxious, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to talk about this. And they're quite adamant. And you say, um, as I said to someone once, Okay, well, if you're going to sit here opposite me and tell me about that you are depressed and you are anxious, then there's no point in having this conversation. If you're going to say to me, I feel depressed or I feel anxious, then let's have a conversation because there's fluidity in that. And you can explore and be curious. And you can, exactly. So basically what you're saying is for especially women out there who are listening, us too, Mm. as two people that are dating, if you... Keep seeing a repetitive pattern and you're like, why does this keep happening? Build your self-awareness, get to know yourself. But if you're in a happy relationship, do you still have to be build that self-awareness? Like yeah. there's no right or wrong, is there? No, there's no right or wrong. But but don't think, the minute you think you know 
anything in life. You know nothing mm. because mm. you always have to learn. Yeah, so, okay, you say that and then I get confused. I can't remember if I said this on the last podcast. Get to know yourself but then you're saying we all, we evolve We do. Time. Don't you learn about yourself every day? Yeah, I do. But then if I'm continuously learning to know but myself. But that's not how... a hard process, Tully. Mm. That's just uh, It's just like you go to say something and first of all it becomes very conscious oh no I've just worked on that control mm-hmm. right so I'm not going to I'm not going to say that I'm going to change the way and then you become this different person and then you notice things in life and you notice you're changing everything in life changes mm. grass grows you mow it grass mm. grows you mow it yeah. nothing stays the same and it's honestly it's one of the most rewarding things it brings you so much inner peace mm. And because, you know, I tend to focus on an area in my um, psychotherapy world being very unwell people, there's such a connection between emotional distress or disease and physical disease and research is now sort of stating that. Mm. And whoever you spend your most most of your time with is where most of your stresses will come from. So in relationship? Yeah, in any relationship. Mm. In any, your mum, your dad, your sister, your your nieces, your, mm. your whoever. It's whoever you spend time with, mm. right? Because our cells have a memory and you owe it to your health. So many people I said opposite who've unfortunately had the diagnosis will say they, you know, obviously we don't know what causes cancer, but we certainly now are beginning to know what contributes to the progression and that stress. Okay, so... I'm going to jump in here. Going back to relationships. <laughs> yeah, going back to relationships. Can you give an example that I can take away, Tully can take away? Um, we had one really good story from one of our listeners that they can take away. Like you're saying that everything we're attracting is a mirror. So mine's I was being ghosted. He was backing away. And what then, can I do f- f- about that? You're saying... Then go and find out, Sarah, why you you use the word ghosting. Mm. He ghosted you. He's and Tully would say he's reversing. And, yeah, he's reversing. And that's the same as this girl that's written in um as well. I it's quite long and a lot of we've spoken about it before, but exactly the same thing happened for her. Like she like he came in and then she started getting the feels and then he backed off. He reversed. And it happens continuously. Is that what happened with that girl? Yeah, yeah. I'm just reading. So she's, do you want to just read it? Yeah, keep it anonymous. Yeah, I will. So she says, okay, so I'm 33, um, was with these guys for nine years, married for three. He cheated, horrible situation. We'll leave it at that. For the last three years, I have had a counselor on and off and also did whatever I wanted, hit the booze, all that kind of stuff. Now, 100% over the ex. I do have trust issues but met this incredible guy through a work friend. However, it was designed as well as just fuck buddies. Three months in, I started to fall for him. Now he is like, no, I don't see you like that. Says he's busy with work, won't catch up. And then we hook up again, stop, hook up. However, every time I go back, I hope he sees the light. Um, So I mean, I think she means hope he sees the light that Mm. he'll start to fall for her like she's fall for him, Mm. but he doesn't. Um, and now he continues to text her through message and she loves that and loves the attention, but it's not really going anywhere. Because she I'm established thinking. the ground rules, Tully. At the start? Yeah. 
And okay. she wanted to then change the ground so rules. So when you say that, she established the ground rules as being just sex buddies because yes. that's what it was initially. And they both obviously consensually agree okay. that that's what the relationship will be. Then she's decided to change her mind mm-hmm. and want this relationship to go in a different direction. Because she's got the feels. Yeah, but he doesn't. Okay. And why should he just because she does? Okay. You can't. You can't that's what I'm saying. That's a relationship that... Um, she wants to change him. You can't change another person to fit into your mould. But so what should she communicate that she this is what she wants and if he's not into it, she has to like just Back let off. go. Like, But it sort of reverse. sounds to me like she may have because they're still texting. I think by the sound but of then it. A boy texting you, we were having this conversation earlier, Tully's like why does this boy text me like what should I wear today? Yeah, like it's weird. So I've got this frame with like hooked up whatever um and I had feels for him at the start I told him like we we have this weird relationship I know he likes me I like him I told him he wasn't ready he's dealing Mm. with mental stuff exactly that the people I get attracted to but he continuously messages me like oh you look hot oh um what shirt should I wear like do all these things that I feel like when you're in a relationship, guys, mess like when I was in a relationship he messaged me all the time oh shall I wear this do this this he's doing that to me and then I'm like oh like is it something is more? It, is it something more or a guy's really just that simple and girls overthink everything like, is he if he was talking about it he'll be like oh my god i just messaged you what shirt yeah. should i wear like exactly he's, and he's just being simple but as a female am i thinking too much into it you could be why are you answering his texts well because we're friends and like i do have feelings for him so you've just answered it okay so do you want it to go somewhere potentially? Well, I like, I mean, it won't because we're in different states, mm-hmm. but, like, I did and I still care for him. Like, if he turned around to me to be like, oh, let's go on a date, I wouldn't say no. Well, I don't know the, the scenario that exists. Mm. I don't know how it, how it ended. Um, he and moved dip- states. So it's just, and I'm not doing long distance ever again. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I think it, it honestly comes down to? I'll just analyse Tally and I because that's the easiest thing. We both crave attention, love, safety and security. Okay, but but your attention, love, safety and security will be different to you and will be different Mm -hmm. to Tully. Okay. True, but that's the foundation. But doesn't every female want that? Okay, so let's break it down. What's attention? Oh, even a boy texting you like, ooh, like good morning messages, good night messages, that's attention. Okay. Why do you need that? Because they're thinking of you. Why do you need someone else to think of you? Because it's <laughs> nice to be liked. Why does a text message indicate they like you? True, but no buts. But okay. that's a girl. That's a girl's perspective. If a boy's doing that to you, they like you. Yeah, like that's your ta- that's your assumption. Yeah, but why are they taking their time out of their day to message you? So do we basically have to wait for a boy to say I like you? I no choose way. You. Exactly. See, so this then, is the thing. Okay, so I'm quite forward. We spoke about yeah. this last week. If I like someone, and I've learned this over the years, if I like someone, I will let them know. But I think guys freak out when I do that. Because with my Maybe ex, the guys you're meeting at the moment freak out when you do that. Maybe. But there'll be someone out there who won't tully. Which was my ex. I didn't go in hot with mm. him. He came in hot. He came in hot because he lived in a different state and I was like, this is never going to go anywhere. So then I put my guard down, I would presume, and mm. then that's when he magnetised to me. 
I don't usually do that. Even though I liked him, but I didn't, I wasn't forward because I was like, oh, he lives in a different state. So what are you saying? Well, I feel like I changed my, I attracted him because, oh, I don't know. You've got to say, this is where you have to change your language. You really have to stop and think and say, I chose to walk into his life this way. He didn't force you to be his girlfriend. We make choices. Mm. No one forces anyone to walk down an aisle and get married. True. No one forces anyone to do whatever. Yeah, true. Um, you, 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 we, okay, let's go back to getting to know yourself. When you get to know yourself, (laughs) right, you own your own stuff. Yeah. You take responsibility for all your actions, good, bad, and indifferent, right? You can never attribute blame to another person because at the end of the day, you have chosen to do what you have chosen to do. True. No one else can make you do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and that's that's the the essence of I'm telling you, group therapy is just great and it just so works because people who are willing to open their eyes, take their blinkers off, expose their vulnerability, feel safe, mm-hmm. know it's not going anywhere, the growth you feel within yourself and the confidence mm-hmm. Yes, it might be nice to receive a text message, but if I do, I do. If I don't, I don't. I feel really like I feel like what you're coming at because I feel this in a way. I'm going to fucking say it. I feel like without getting those messages, and I feel like I know what you're going to say. Without getting those messages, you kind of feel alone and lonely. I do. Yeah, it, it's 100%. nice. It's, it's like so. If you're getting attention, you don't feel alone. And you don't feel lonely. I actually not alone. Lonely. Okay. We all know that when we receive a text message, mm-hmm. we receive it dependent upon the mood we're in. We have no idea what the person's thinking when they send it. It's like someone can send you a message, um, "Hi, Tully, how are you?" Mm. Right? You're in a good mood. You go, "Oh, wow, that was really great. You mm. know, so nice." You're in a really feral mood, and you go, "Why the hell do they want to know?" You know, why are they they even texting me? Mm. This whole texting thing, this whole social media, you don't know the emotion attached to it. No one knows the emotion attached to a text or an email. Mm. It's all about communication. And sometimes the best relationship you'll find you'll have with someone is when you can actually sit in silence and not necessarily have to chat with that person, just be. But let's let's take the next step. Say we do become self-aware and we start dating, find someone, and he um, is not as self-aware, what do you do? You accept him for him. Oh, yeah, true. Don't change him. Good. Can't change a leopard spots, remember? No, but you do it. But, no, it's but true. It, once you get to know yourself... And but I can't even, put this old head on young shoulders, but once you get to know yourself, you probably won't go into a relationship. True. But do you know what the next phase will be? Say you get to know yourself, you go into a relationship, then you have to get to know yourself on a whole different level of yeah. how you Bring communicate, up. how you fight in a relationship, how your partner fights. Love language. All exactly. That That's like, That would be the continuous mm, next true. phase. Okay. The one thing about getting to know yourself is that once you know yourself, every relationship that exists now with whoever you have now will change. 
because you've changed as a person. Mm. So people have known you this way for 32 years and two weeks off being 33. Don't have to keep saying that. So that's how they know you. So all of a sudden you change and it's like, like it's it's having a conversation with a stranger, but it's but that's their stuff. Yeah, it's you getting to know you. It's just like there is existential givens in life, right? We can't escape. The three greatest ones I think exist are relationships and the most important relationship you'll ever have is the one with yourself. Why are people scared to get to know themselves? Oh, my goodness, because that exposes vulnerability. Okay, because that's wants the basis. Be I'm so scared of getting no, to know a, myself. A lot of people don't go too deep. Because they... Surface level. Mm. They may feel, Sarah, that they're losing a sense of control. They know what they know how they act. They know, but they. But don't you think that's a gift? Like you know how you're going to react to certain situations and stuff like that. Like, but why would you want to react the same? No, I'm just saying I would like to know, like, why you do so. They certain, don't react. Yeah, exactly. Like that. That's what I mean. I can't remember what the question was actually. To be honest, why are people scared yeah. to get to know oh, themselves? Do you not think society lives in constant fear of something? 100%. COVID fear and also um, like a conformity and a mm. like an ego of like you have to project who you are, not who you really okay. are. Okay, okay. The what? person who projects, let's look, yeah. at, let's look at social media. Mm. How many people are on social media as themselves? Mm. Not many people. So they're already creating, <clears throat> pardon me, another identity. Yep. So how do you switch from social media person to real person? You're, you're already confusing yourself. You know, Who's when do I step you? into that world? When when am I that person? Oh, my God, there could be someone over there that knows me as that person. I should behave that way. And you you may find just, just being yourself is a gift. More people will walk into your life if you're just yourself. And I'm not saying give your control away Mm. or give your power away, Mm. whatever word you choose to use, because self-empowerment, okay, self-control as opposed to controlling external factors is so important. Like it's that, it's the self. It's Mm. all about the self, my self-control, my Mm self-empowerment. And it is lovely to have someone and it's lovely to have someone to come home to and it's lovely to have someone who believes in you Mm. and who thinks along the same lines you think along. Mm. That's so important. Who speaks a similar language to you, Um, not necessarily has the same interests, but you tapped into it before, Tali. You mentioned the word values. Uh If you don't have the same values... And predominantly in that there's trust. What do you have without trust? Yeah, true. I So, okay, so obviously through this conversation I feel like obviously get to know yourself yep. um, and then sit with a therapist so you can do that. One thing, and I think a lot of people, because I'm trying to look for a new therapist at the moment as well, how do people find a therapist? Do they just Google? Do they like what, how? Do you go to the doctor? Like I think a lot of people wouldn't know how and I think people are scared to take that step to find mm. someone. I'm just going to chip in here. Yeah. 
when you do find one, you might not gel with that first one. 100%. When I was younger, I had psychologists yeah. and I think I went through four. Yeah. And you'll often find that the person you don't gel with is probably um, the best. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Because they've hit a nerve. Yeah, and they, they're picking up on mm. your – that's actually probably why I hated all mine. Mm. So whereas a really clever therapist – not clever, I don't know yeah. what the word is um, – will see all these traits. Yeah. But gently, gently approach them so that they don't hit that nerve straight away. Mm. How do you find a good one? It's usually word of mouth. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Interesting. I mean, mental health plans. Um, Is that through the doctor? That's through the doctor. You're only allowed, I don't 10 know. Sessions, 10 sessions. 10 sessions or mm. something. You can apply for more. They have to do something called CBT therapy, which is cognitive behaviour therapy, which means change your thoughts, change your behaviour. Myself as a therapist, I think that's that's not what I do. Why do you have to change your thoughts? Why not sit with your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Why change your behaviour? Why not But adapt? isn't it changing your thoughts, you're changing the vibration? But you have your... to know your thoughts first. Okay. Why am I thinking that? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can go in I... and you've got 10 free sessions. That's 10 sessions. So you just go to the doctor a... to do that? Yeah, but it's 10 sessions is not is, enough. It's not enough. Yeah. So because at the moment, like, I know you say change your thoughts, this is kind of off topic, but I work a lot on like vibrational training and stuff like that. And they are basically saying like law of attraction, all that kind of stuff. If you have a negative thought, quickly snap it and then think of something positive so you're on a higher frequency, higher vibration. But your subconscious is probably flipping back to that. I don't know. I don't know. Like all these things are like for some people they work. You have to truly, truly believe it. And I think what you're saying is – what mum said to us at dinner the other night, yeah, you can be aware of why you have that mm. thought, but have you healed that thought yet? Mm. So you can flip. We can all flip thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, I had someone the other day who said to me, blah, 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 on XYZ is happening in ABC. What do I do when I'm sitting there and I'm just like I can just feel the anxiety coming uh-huh, up uh-huh. and I can feel really stressed? I said, you take a deep breath and she jumped in and said, well, now you're going to tell me to meditate. I said, I'm not going to tell you to meditate. I said, what I'm going to say is to bring yourself to the, back to the moment, and I can't remember the order I gave it to her in because it's different per person. But say you think of five things you can physically see. Mm-hmm. You go through your senses. So four, you can touch. Three, you can smell, you know, two. Taste or whatever. Taste yeah. or whatever. It goes on. And by the time you've done that, you've come back to reality mm. because all our stresses and all our whatever and all... And that's out there. It's it's not in here. Mm-hmm. Like so once you once you can come back in and I certainly believe in energies, etc. Mm. Yeah. Like you can walk into a room and you just know. Mm. I think if people, women, ladies listening, if they have a good therapist, bring it like DM us. DM us, even put it like in the comments. Comments below. so women can look and share yeah. and then contact that therapist. Um I think if there's any other questions people want to know, I don't know. Yeah, like just send them through uh, 100%. Well, and maybe even a different topic. We had grief as a topic yeah. with mum. We've had relationships. relationships. Is there any other topic that we should explore with our therapist, a.k.a. my mum? Yeah, I feel like I know what every session get to know yourself. Yeah. No, 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 no. That. That, that, that is true but there's like... Okay, Life is we've got to wrap, we've got to wrap yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. We've got yeah. to wrap it up. No, I was only kidding. <laughs> I was only joking. 
<laughs> All right, guys. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, guys. Bye. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.